Welcome, and thanks for listening to the sermon podcast from First Presbyterian Church of Honolulu. When we become believers, people who follow Jesus Christ, our charge is to spread the good news. We're also called to leave a lasting positive imprint on the world. And with that in mind, here's First Pres Executive Director Chris Pan with today's message. Good morning. Uh, If you don't know me, I'm Chris Pan. I'm the Executive Director of the Church. And our sermon title today is, My Friend the Snail, Do Not Forget to Do Good. Um, It'll make sense as we go along, I promise. Uh, We're continuing through the lectionary, uh, which is a century-old schedules of uh, Bible readings um, that churches around the world have followed for centuries and uh, that follow now. And for August, we looked at the last part of the book of Hebrews. Um, I preached at the beginning uh, of August on Hebrews chapter 11 on faith. Karen Makashima preached uh, on chapter 12 on the amazing race and the great cloud of witnesses. And today we'll be finishing up looking at Hebrews chapter 13. And Hebrews chapter 13 provides very, very practical advice about how to live as followers in challenging times. Um, A reminder that the book of Hebrews is in the New Testament of the Bible. It's a letter written in the first century from a pastor to a group of Jewish Christians who were being persecuted, and some were abandoning their faith. It's a letter of encouragement to persevere in difficult times. As we go through our sermon today, ask yourself uh, these two questions. One, what is God saying to me? And two, what does he want me to do about it? Ask yourself as we go through, what is God saying to me? What does he want me to do about it? Whatever God has to say is much more important than anything that might come out of my mouth today. Will you join me now in prayer? How do we take a deep breath? We just breathe in your presence. And God, we invite you to speak to us now. We invite your Holy Spirit to transform us. We want to be transformed, not just informed. We want to be inspired by your Spirit, not just informed. And so open our eyes and our ears and our hearts. We pray this now in the strong name of Jesus Christ. And all God's children say, amen. Okay, so let me tell you a story about a snail. Um, I mentioned before that in June, I was traveling with my family on vacation. We visited family, um, my family on the East Coast, and we went to Montreal. And we also had this opportunity to stay in this uh, treehouse in Vermont. Uh, there's a picture here. Uh, And I found this treehouse on Airbnb. Uh, And I previously mentioned that I spent a lot of time this summer just lingering, watching the wind blow through the trees, rustle through the leaves of the trees. And this is one of those places where you got to slow down. This place is awesome. It was like built by an artist by hand. It's just kind of crazy. And uh, if you're ever in West Paulette, Vermont, I highly recommend it. Um, Anyway, the treehouse is not the story. The treehouse is just the setting. We're staying in this crazy treehouse, and the kitchen area is in this totally different kind of outdoor pavilion, right next to a fire pit, and the treehouse is over here. Uh, And so one morning, as Aaliyah's making coffee, I'm walking towards the kitchen area, and on the ground, I see this uh, amazing, the coolest, cutest, most amazing-looking snail. Uh, And so I have a snail here in order to um, really make this reenactment work. And don't worry, this, as though, even though this looks like a real snail, it is not a real snail, so don't, don't worry. Thank you to Jan and Candy and all those people um, in children's ministry who helped me uh, find uh, supplies to build my snail. So 
Now you can kind of live this out with me. I'm walking along, and I see this snail. And I think, oh my goodness, this is the most amazing snail. This is the coolest snail I've ever seen. Uh, and I'm just watching it for a while. It's doing snail things. And I decide, this is my new best friend. Um, and I'm so excited to like, tell the kids when they wake up. But I you know, go over here and uh, get, getting firewood and stuff like that, because there's nothing better than building fires at like, you know, 7 a.m. when you're living out in the, in the woods. I'm walking back and forth. I'm lingering. I'm getting wood and bringing it to the fire pit. I'm just in a great mood. I'm watching the trees go. I'm just thinking about how, you know, how great everything is. Getting some wood. That's exactly how I felt. Oh, man. <laughs> I just crushed this snail. Just, just like that. And I'm like devastated. I'm like, oh, my, my new best friend. Uh, and so like, I have to, like, the kids wake up, and I have to tell them, like, hey, I found this really cool snail, and then I accidentally stepped on it and killed it. Um, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, I tell you this story because I immediately thought, what a perfect illustration for how I move through the world sometimes. Um, I step just mindlessly, unintentionally, and I crush and destroy where I go. I'm not malicious or evil. I'm not doing bad things on purpose. Uh, I'm just careless, and I leave a little bit of destruction in my wake. Not big destruction, but just a little bit of destruction. And, um, well, not big destruction for me. It was bad, pretty bad for the snail. Um, what does this look like in non-snail-related examples? Um, sometimes I'm in a meeting, and I'm rushing to get through, and I'll cut people off. Um, I'm impatient or dismissive with people I disagree with or think I know better than. I have a hard time forgiving uh, when I've been hurt. I take out my anger or anxiety on people who don't deserve it. Um, I rush, and I'm thoughtless, and I crush people. I leave a trail of destruction in my footsteps. Are the ways that you might do this too? unintentionally hurt people in your lives that you don't really want to. There's a line from the movie uh, Matchstick Men from 2003 where one character tells another, you're not a bad guy, you're just not a very good one. Um, so goodbye, my snail friend. <laughs> I'm not a bad guy, I'm just not a very good one. I'm sorry. May you rest in peace. <laughs> a few weeks later, uh, I was in Vancouver. Uh, there was a few of us from staff who were visiting Arasha in Canada. Arasha is an international Christian conservation organization that does environmental education and conservation biology, sustainable agriculture, uh, all motivated and inspired by a deep and profound faith in Jesus Christ. And the head of Arasha USA was supposed to come uh, a few weeks ago. He had to postpone his trip, but hopefully he'll be coming sometime this fall because we think that Arasha might be great partners with us on our property. Um, our, FP, uh, our FPC team that was up there had these full days learning from Rick Faw, who's this great guy. He's the VP of Programming for Arasha Canada. He's also a uh, professor at uh, Regent College. And morning to night, Rick taught us about biblically grounded creation care and showed us what it looked like to live that out in community. Uh, they have a bunch of interns who live there, a bunch of staff who live on their property. Uh, there's so much to share, but there's just one piece I want to share today that was 
kind of tangentially related to our trip. Uh, one of the nights, we watched this movie called Inhabit, which is about permaculture. And permaculture is an interesting kind of regenerative approach to um, an environment and agriculture. Uh, interesting movie. And what struck me um, was the movie poster. Um, here's the movie poster. Um, and it's a picture of someone walking along and on barren land, and in his or her footsteps, in the imprints in the ground, there are little plants growing, grass, and little plants growing up. Where this person is walking, life is springing up after them. And what an amazing image. Um, and what an incredible contrast. Me stepping on that snail, an agent of destruction. And these footsteps here, agent of life and growth, two different ways of being in the world. And I think that picture of um, that movie poster from Inhabit, um, I think that picture of what it, is what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ. To be someone who walks through the world, the barren world, as an agent of good, of life, of peace, and shalom, and flourishing. And I think I need to reflect sometimes. What are my footsteps like? What is it like when I'm moving through the world? Uh, our, Rick, our host Rick had described the poster earlier, and he said, you know, there's these footsteps and you know, plants are growing up in the footsteps. So I pictured in my mind that it'd be this lush garden in every footstep. And um, you know, if we can bring the picture back up, um, it's just a little bit of grass and plants. It's not this overwhelming garden. And I think that's actually more of the reality. Um, thanks, we can bring that picture down. That, you know, the reality isn't that it would change the world all at once. It's that there's just a little bit of good in every footstep, a compliment, a kind word, a thoughtful gesture, an email to Raz, a little footstep of goodness. How do we move through the world like that? Um, how do we as followers of Jesus Christ in a fractured and broken and barren world walk around and instead of leaving footsteps of destruction, leave footsteps of life and flourishing? Our passage today is from the book of Hebrews, chapter 13, verses 1 to 8, verses 15 and 16. I'll read it now. Keep on loving one another as brothers and sisters. Do not forget to show hospitality to strangers, for by so doing, some people have shown hospitality to angels without knowing it. Continue to remember those in prison, as if you were together with them in prison, and those who are mistreated, as if you yourselves were suffering. Marriage should be honored by all, and the marriage bed kept pure, for God will judge the adulterer and all the sexually immoral. Keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have, because God has said, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. So we say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? Remember your leaders who spoke the word of God to you. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. <clears throat> Through Jesus, therefore, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise, the fruit of lips that openly profess his name. And do not forget to do good and to share with others, for with such sacrifices God is pleased. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our passage today gives very practical advice, brotherly and sisterly love hospitality and love for strangers, helping prisoners and those in need, honoring marriage, rejecting greed, embracing contentment, and confidence in God's salvation 
his presence, his help. This morning, I want to share about kind of three things related to this passage. One, uh, my favorite part of this passage. Two, my least favorite part of this passage. And three, what I think is the most important part of our passage for us today. One, my favorite part where I want to start is verse 16. I really love this incredibly simple phrase. Do not forget to do good. And do not forget to do good. I love that this is in the Bible because it's so realistic. The author of Hebrews has to write, do not forget to do good. Because clearly, sometimes we forget to do good. Each week, um, whoever's preaching is supposed to write and send in sermon discussion questions. And I always forget. Um, it, this just doesn't come naturally to me. And so someone on staff is always reminding me, don't forget to send in your sermon discussion questions. And I go, oh, yeah, shoot. I got to write those sermon questions. Uh, I always forget. And left on my own, I forget not just to write sermon discussion questions, but I forget to do good. It doesn't come naturally to me. I need to be reminded. And so I love that the author of Hebrews understands what I'm like, that I'm not good by default. By default, I'm crushing my snail friend and others in my life even more important than my snail friend. And I have to be reminded, don't forget to do good. I have to be reminded that I have to be intentional about how I move through the world and what my footsteps are like. Hey, don't forget to be good. Oh yeah, shoot. I can't remember to do good. Um, if I'm not reminded, if I'm not intentional, I'll walk around aimlessly and carelessly and crush things. I'll leave hurt and destruction and pain behind me. I'll leave destruction instead of peace and life and flourishing and shalom and goodness. And so can I remind us all today, do not forget to do good. In the book of Acts, chapter 10, the apostle Peter gives a sermon. And it's at this critical point in the birth of the young church, when the disciples realize the good news of Jesus Christ is not just for the Jewish people, it's for all people. And Peter gives this sermon that's just two paragraphs. And he describes Jesus' life and ministry, his death and resurrection, and he declares that anyone who believes in Jesus will receive forgiveness of sins. That peace with God is available for all people through Jesus Christ. And in his two-paragraph sermon, Peter has one sentence to describe the life and ministry of Jesus. And it's wild. Peter says this in Acts chapter 10, verse 38. Acts 10, 38. And you know that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. Then Jesus went around doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. That's it. That's how Peter describes Jesus' life. Then Jesus went around doing good. And maybe you think this is some loosey-goosey translation of the Bible. Um, Jesus went around doing good. But let me assure you that this phrase is in every single English translation of the Bible. In the old-timey language of the King James Version, it says, Jesus went about doing good. In the next chapter, chapter 11, the followers of Jesus are first called Christians. Uh, and they didn't name themselves. They were called Christians by outsiders, people who didn't follow Jesus Christ. And it was supposed to be derogatory, a put-down, meaning little Christs. Outsiders looked at the followers of Jesus and they said, look at these little Christs. Um, because their lives so emulated Jesus. And so if we're little Christ, shouldn't we look like Jesus? Shouldn't we live like Jesus? And what would Jesus do? 
Jesus went around doing good. And is that how followers of Jesus are perceived today? Um, just a reality check, sorry to be a downer. Um, here's some research by Barna on surveys they conducted. Uh, they interviewed young people ages 16 to 29. And they asked them, what word describes Christians? 87% said judgmental. And 85% said hypocritical. Those numbers are from 15 years ago. And I hazard to say that over the course of the last 15 years, I don't imagine that the perceptions have gotten better um, among non-Christian young people. And we see that playing out in terms of you know, the low numbers of people who are following Jesus among that age group. Um, the, most frequently the most frequent unprompted response in that survey was this quote, Christianity in today's society no longer looks like Jesus. Sobering um, research by Barna. Acts 10:38. Then Jesus went around doing good. Hebrews 13:15. Do not forget to do good. What does it mean for us to be little Christ in our world today? A very important theological note here. Jesus saves. Um, doing good is not the reason for our salvation. Doing good is the proof of our salvation. Jesus saves. And we don't get saved by doing good. We do good because we are saved. I'm going to say that whole thing again because I think it's an important thing to remember. Jesus saves. And doing good is not the reason for our salvation. Doing good is the proof of our salvation. Jesus saves. We do not get saved by doing good. We do good because we are saved. Do not forget to do good. That is my favorite part of this passage. Here's my least favorite part of this passage. Uh, Hebrews 13, 7. Remember your leaders who spoke the word of God to you. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. Whoa. Hold on a second. Uh, when I took the job at the church as executive director, I took the job because I liked the idea of being behind the scenes and paying the bills and managing resources and I'm an introvert, and I never thought that I'd be someone to speak the word of God to you. Or I definitely never thought that anyone would consider the outcome of my way of life and imitate my faith. Um, I think that's a bad idea for all of us. Um, I'm not a bad guy. I'm just not a very good one. Um, but this is in the Bible. It's very clear instructions. And so in deference to this instruction in the Bible, can I offer you one area in my life that you may consider imitating? Um, and it's really just it's advice that my spiritual director gave me. I see a, a spiritual director on a regular basis. And at one point, my spiritual director gave me uh, homework. Uh, and the homework assignment was to ask my wife and kids, how am I doing? How am I doing as your dad? How am I doing as your husband? Uh, because if I really want to grow in my faith, if I want to grow closer to Jesus, if I want to be someone whose footsteps leave behind life and flourishing, and not destruction, then it's the people closest to me who will be the ones who really know how I'm doing. So one day, after picking up my kid from school, I ask him, how am I doing as your dad? And my kid says, fine, like a three. <laughs> a three? Three on a scale of what? Like three on a scale of 10? Three on a scale of 100? Three on a scale of three? Um, 
At the time, the grading scale at my kid's school was a scale of one to four. One, does not meet expectations. Two, approaching expectations. Three, meets expectations. Four, exceeds expectations. So my kid was like, yeah, you're a three. Meets expectations. <laughs> uh, and as much as I would have loved to have gotten a four and exceed expectations, I think I'm happy with a three, because I know that that desire is it's the same place that wants to have like a lush garden spring up after every footstep. Like sometimes I gotta just know that it's just a little bit of good and it just meets expectations, that's okay. Um, if you wanna be brave, if you wanna take a step of faith, here's your homework this week. Ask someone this week who you trust and who you love, how am I doing? How am I doing as your spouse? How am I doing as your friend? How am I doing as your dad or mom or son or daughter? How am I doing? A few weeks ago, my kid said something to me that I found very encouraging. Uh, my kid said, you know, you used to come into my room and scream and yell and throw things around, but now you don't do that anymore. You've changed. You're calmer and you listen more and you try to understand. Do not forget to do good. And I'm changing not because I'm trying harder or because I'm good, but because God is good. And the more I'm surrendered to God, the more he remakes me and recreates me in his image, the more I'm able to leave footsteps of life instead of footsteps of destruction. And that is God's work. That's the Holy Spirit's work within me, not mine. My favorite part of the passage, do not forget to do good. My least favorite part of the passage, consider the outcome of my real life. And three, what I think is the most important part of our passage today, Hebrews 13.1. Keep on loving one another, as brothers and sisters. The rest of our passage today is important. It's important to be content, to avoid greed, to respect marriage. It's important to help those in need, those in prison, to love strangers. It's important to show hospitality. If you're still sitting here thinking, who entertained angels? No, not knowing it. Uh, that's a reference to Genesis 18, most likely, when Abraham and Sarah entertained angels when the angels came and told them that they'd have a child. Um, what I think is most important to hear today is verse one. Keep on loving one another as brothers and sisters. The church in America is fracturing and shrinking and changing. And I think this one line, keep on loving one another as brothers and sisters, is such an important instruction to first prez today. Because we are not immune to the forces of division and argument and destruction. And they are at our doors, and they are inside our doors. And our only weapon in response is to love one another as brothers and sisters. Church is about community and connection. It's not content consumption. Uh, I'm not up here giving a TED talk. Um, we collectively, this morning, every day of the week, are collectively building community and connection to God and to each other. And to have community and connection, we have to love each other as brothers and sisters. We have to love people who are very different than we are. We have to love people who hold very different opinions than we do. Keep on loving each other as brothers and sisters. Other translations say, let mutual love continue, or let brotherly love continue. And I came across this commentary um, on this verse. Um, somebody had commented on this verse, and it was written by um, Reverend Dr. Lewis Evans, senior pastor of National Presbyterian Church in Washington, D.C. I'm going to read it at length, um, 
what the Reverend Dr. Lewis Evans wrote because I think it's so important. He writes this, quote, Brotherly love calls Christians to love one another in spite of their differences. There is nothing of a more bonding nature than our common acceptance by Jesus Christ. National Presbyterian Church has a Sunday morning study group called The Wrestlers. They wrestle with the issues of the day from a biblical point of view. And do they wrestle? The moderators of the class bring in speakers to represent the various sides of an issue that is currently hot in the life of the church. Abortion, peace, women's place in the church and society, prayer in the schools, refugees, the Mideast, nuclear disarmament, and many others. Individual group members feel intensely the partisan stand they take because many of them are pouring their very lives into the polemic struggle for this or that side. And yet, and yet when the series of weeks on any given topic is over, they walk out, arm in arm, or periodically have a great social night of food, fun, and frolic. What a model they give for others. Many of our most recent converts have come to Christ because of what they have seen in this group, both in the depth and honesty of how the issues are handled, but also in the love and acceptance that the group obviously has in Christ. The Reverend Dr. Lewis Evans wrote that in 1985. The challenges that we face in 2022 are the same challenges they faced in 1985, and it's the same challenges that the recipients of this letter to the Hebrews faced in AD 64, 30 years after Jesus' death. We are different, and we will disagree, and our instruction is keep on loving one another as brothers and sisters. How? Can we start by praying? We're not here for content consumption. We're here for community and connection. So can we lean in into community and connection, lean in to collective prayer and praise? I've asked Patty Marshall, a great saint in our church, to come um, and lead us in prayer. Patty is, an elder, uh, is the elder responsible for prayer ministry. And her reminder to us always is that the prayer ministry isn't just some small little team. We are all the prayer ministry, that the whole church is the prayer ministry, every one of us. And so, Patty, please come on up and please lead us in a prayer. Thank you for calling me a saint. I'm also <laughs> a sinner. I'm touched to be able to pray with you. Um, saints and sinners gathered and scattered um, this prayer, prayer ministry of the church. Pray with me. Eternal and triune God, blessed Trinity. One God in three persons is a mystery of faith, yet your unified, loving oneness ministers to us in breathtaking ways. You are indeed altogether lovely, altogether worthy, altogether wonderful to us. Thank you, Abba Father, for caring so deeply about how we live in the world and in the church. Thank you, changeless Christ, for being the same yesterday and today 
and forever. You are our refuge in a changing world. Thank you, ever-present Holy Spirit, for working and weaving our FPC lives together, even with our quirks and our faults. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for showing us how to wrestle in love with this present day, across the board, divisiveness. Holy Spirit, the weight of sin that was dropped on us from birth dragged us away from you this week, and maybe even today. Please bring just one to mind in this moment, just one. We are so sorry. Forgive us. Help us to turn our heads and our hearts and our feet in your direction. Restore our joy in you. Holy Spirit, like the Acts 424 Church, we raise our hands, we raise our heads, we raise our hearts in unity as one asking you to fulfill your divine plans and purposes for our pastors, our staff, and our church. We ask you to remind us to be alert and to pray against Satan's attempts to disperse and divide. God, we want what you want. We want to know your heart. We want to be in harmony with you and your will. We want to be a part of bringing your will in heaven to earth. And we declare your will now. And I ask that you receive this. We bind you, Satan, and your minions and all of your secret directions and plans from blocking our prayers and all kinds of worship. We break your attempts to make us fearful, impatient, weak, uncertain, confused, frustrated, disorganized, and unkind. In the name of Jesus Christ, I loose over you now. I loose over you now. A spirit of joy as God whispers his pleasure over you in your sacrificial acts of service and giving. These are praises to him from your lips in Jesus' name. I release a fresh spirit of awareness desire and energy to do more good, 
to be more generous. Like a mighty army moves the church of God, friends, we are treading where the saints have trod. We are not divided, all one body we, one in hope and doctrine, one in charity. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Patty. A few, a few final thoughts as we transition from collective prayer to collective praise. For whoever needs to hear it today, I just want to read again what God assures us in this passage. This is God's word to us. This is God's word to you. Never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. And so we say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? I hope that provides encouragement to someone today. And when we all cling to God's promises and declare them with confidence. As the worship team comes up, let's look at verse 15 in our passage. Hebrews chapter 13, verses 8 and then 15. Verse 8 says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. And verse 15 says, Through Jesus, therefore, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise, the fruit of lips that openly profess his name. How do we live in our world um, as people who leave footsteps of life and not destruction? Do not forget to do good. Keep on loving one another as brothers and sisters. And let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise. Um, a reminder that uh, a great thing to do next is to receive prayer. At the end of this service, there'll be members of our prayer team on the lanai. If you're online, feel free to click the um, request prayer button. Um, please stop by the Hebrews coffee bar in the other wing. Um, if you're able, church is about connection and community. Today we have a special treat for you. There is a pastry pop-up. Thank you to Phyllis Unamasami, new member of our staff, who is, uh, we have heard your requests for food on Sundays. And today there is actually food over there, uh, baked goods and, and the like. So um, we're trying to bring it back. And these are ways that we're um, kind of beta testing all these different options. Um, please stop by the rooted table or the alpha table in the front if you're interested in signing up for alpha and rooted. Do not forget to do good. Keep on loving one another as brothers and sisters, and let us continually offer a sacrifice and offering of praise to our God. Please now receive this final blessing. May the love of God our Father and the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you now and forevermore. And all God's children say, Amen. God bless you. Have a great week. What kind of effect are you leaving in your wake? Do you leave behind a path of destruction or a path of peace and prosperity? Let's all remember to do good. If you want to catch up on or listen again to previous services, please visit the websites fpchawaii.org or thevinehawaii.org. You can also listen to First Prez sermons on most major podcast services and on YouTube. First Prez invites you to church. 
Join us in person or online. Services are Sunday mornings at 8 a.m. and 10 a.m. at the Ko'olau campus, 10 a.m. at the Vine, or online through the websites. And remember, when you visit the website, check out the news page to keep up with all that's happening at church. You can also sign up for emails, listen to or watch sermons, and lots more. And as always, if there's anything First Pres can do for you, please reach out through the website or just call 808-532-1111. For Senior Pastor Dan Chun and the entire staff at First Pres, I'm Michael Shishido. Until next time, God bless you, stay safe, and thank you for listening. This sermon podcast is copyright 2022 and produced by the Media Ministry of First Presbyterian Church of Honolulu.